Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, is anybody excited to be at Radiant Church today? Man, it is so good to see you guys. My name is Aaron Burke, and I am the lead pastor here at Radiant Church. We are one church in five locations joining us right now. We have our St. Petersburg location. I love what God's doing in Pinellas County. We have Brandon location, our Heights location, which by the way, had an amazing serve day yesterday. We're so proud of how you guys are serving our city. And then we have our South Tampa location that's with us and our newest location. I was with you guys in pre-service hanging out there online, our online location, Radiant Church. Give it up for all of our guests, everybody that's joined us in one of our locations. It's a big deal that you're all with us today. And man, I would love for you guys, if you're new to Radiant, man, go into step one. We'd love to have you take some next steps and learn more about the church and how you can get involved. I do not think it's an accident for you to be at church today. All right, you have your notes right there that you got when you came in person, or you have your Radiant Church app. You can follow along on Church Online. You can follow along. We're in a brand new series called Church and State, where we are going to discuss all things politics, all things uh, election, all things the church's involvement in all of it. And I'll tell you, as soon as I put out this idea, the email started to come in. This is something you guys are interested in. And I'll tell you, it's not something I've liked to talk about before. I've had no problem talking about religion from the stage. But politics has not been something I've really liked to dive into. Um, I've met with a pastor a couple weeks back, and he's got a great church in the Tampa Bay area. He's been pastoring 20-something years longer than I have. And so I was telling him about this series, and he's like, Aaron, you're brave. And I said, well, how, how often do you talk about politics? He's like, not one time in 30 years. I was like, yikes. So maybe I should have learned something from that conversation with him. But uh, what my philosophy has always been this, if you're talking about it around your dinner table, then we should probably talk about it in God's house. And there's, if you've, oh, everybody else has got an opinion, so let's figure out what God's opinion is of it. So this series might make you a little uncomfortable. Good. We need that once in a while in our lives. You might hear some stuff you might disagree with. Good, you need that also in your life, but I promise you at the end of it, we will get better because of it. Can I hear a good amen? Amen. And I think it's something we all need and um, something our nation needs right now. And I decided to start it off with a statement that would entice you to come to church. Maybe you are brought a friend today. Maybe you're joining us online because you saw this, uh, this question that we presented that I believe for a fact I have the answer for. So I brought you to church and maybe God brought you to church today to help you with this. If you're taking notes, you can write the, the fill in the blank there. And here's the question I want to answer today is who does Jesus want to win on November the 3rd? Isn't this exciting? Like right away, just go right into it. Who's Jesus' pick? Who does he want you to, who does, who does he want to win on November the 3rd? And I just want you to know, as your pastor, I have the answer. So if you're sitting there thinking like this guy doesn't know, I do know. I have ascended the hill. I've heard from the Lord. I've got the answer. And you're going to be able to walk away with going, I know who, who God wants to win on November the 3rd. He, here's if Jesus was coming today on the earth, I know who he would campaign for. I know who he would champion in this season. I know the answer to the question everybody's asking. And I want you to know this, no matter your background, 
No matter your, uh, if you're in, in the donkey category, the elephant category, you need to understand that Jesus has a category that he wants to win. So we're going to look at it, and I'm going to show you it because Jesus was pressed multiple times on the issue of politics. And as we establish kind of a foundation today across all of our locations, we're going to get in some real specifics over the next few weeks. But as we establish kind of a foundation, I just want to make it clear whose side Jesus is on. And actually on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was taken before one of the political leaders, a guy by the name of Pilate, and Pilate asked him his position on um, the political world right there. And he said it this way. If you have your Bibles, you can open it up to the book of John, chapter 18. It says like this in verse 33. It's Jesus talking and he says, Pilate, I mean, Pilate went in, um, and went back inside and summoned Jesus and asked him, he said, are you the king of the Jews? So listen, listen, are you the leader of this group? Are you, are, are you on that side of this? And then Jesus responds, he says, is this your own idea or did other people talk to you about me? Which, by the way, that's a great question for how are you examining, how do you know about Jesus? Like, is this your own idea of what you know about Jesus? Or there are other people, are you getting other people's opinions about it? Be very careful who you listen to, their opinion of who Jesus is. By the way, everybody wants Jesus on his side right now. You know, Jesus would do this. Jesus would do that. Be very careful whose opinion you're listening to. And then he responded this way. Am I a Jew? Pilate replied, your own people, the chief priests have handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? And Jesus said a statement that I want to remind the church of today. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But my, now my kingdom is from another place. Say another place. Jesus establishes a statement that is so crucial in a political season for us to be reminded about. When we're in a world who's saying, okay, which side is Jesus on? Jesus steps into the scene and says, I want to remind you guys today that I'm a part of a kingdom that's greater than any kingdom you guys are part of. I'm building something that's bigger than what you think the election is about or what you think is the person that you want to see voted in. I love how uh, Tony Evans, a great pastor, he said it this way. You can write in your notes, Jesus didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. <laughs> come on, somebody. I love that. Jesus establishes his church, his people, and he says, listen, this is the group of people that I've come to establish, that have come to do something great, and I want to establish this thing. It's what I have come to do. So when I am asked the question, who does Jesus want to win? Here's the answer, and I know it might not be the answer you want to hear, but here's the answer, and I can prove it in the Bible. He wants the church to win. I needed a better amen than that. Because some of y'all were like, he's about to say that. I know, I put it on my Instagram last night. I was like, who does, who does Jesus want to win? All these people, you know, it's Biden, it's Trump, it's Biden, it's Trump. I'm telling you this, if Jesus has an opinion in this season, which he does, 
His desire is saying, listen, let me remind you guys. Now, that doesn't mean we don't get political. That doesn't mean we don't vote. We're going to talk all about that in the next couple weeks, how important it is to establish values. And I'm even going to give you a filter of how to decide and how to, uh, not how to vote, but how you should be looking at political offices and stuff like that. But let me establish this series by just saying this. If we were to look at what side Jesus is on, Jesus would say this, my kingdom is not of this world. He'd say it yet again. John 18, my kingdom is not of this world. I'm I'm far above anything that's been established by man. And while what happens on November the 3rd is super crucial, I want you to know it doesn't it's it's not the main focus of Jesus right now. So so here's my big concern, and I need you to lean in at every location to hear this concern because it is a big concern of mine. It's simply this that a candidate will win depending on what happens November the 3rd. We understand that. Based off of the voting, there will be a candidate that'll win based on November 3rd. That is how our democracy works. But here's my concern, and here's what I want to address to you guys. But the church will win based on our actions before, during, and after November 3rd. So if we are going to be part of the thing that Jesus wants to win in this season, then I need to be your pastor for just a second to both extremes of the party and say, we need to evaluate our actions during this season to make sure we are understanding our role as primarily part of a kingdom that's greater than anything that this world has to offer. Bigger than the election. It's bigger than who's voted in. It's bigger than the Supreme Court. While all of those things are vitally important to what we do as Americans, we have to be reminded that we are part of something bigger than the United States. We are part of God's kingdom. Now, again, let me just say this because some of you guys are in politics and some of you guys are work behind the scenes and are helping the elections. I don't de- degrade and downgrade any of those things. Very important things. But I think more important than who wins in just a month, more important than any of that is the fact that throughout this season that the world can look at us as the church and see our actions and our love and our responsibility and our ability to care and our focus on Jesus and go, you know what, no matter if the candidate we want uh, wins, I want us to win as a church. And it's Jesus' focus too. Before Jesus was asked, hey, are you the king of the Jews? Are you part of this group? Are you part of this group? Just a few hours before that, he was sitting in the upper room with his disciples and he gave a challenge. And I want you to take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 17. And I want you to see the challenge he gave them. This is, you know, the night, this is the night he is betrayed. This is in the Last Supper as he's sitting there and he's talking to them and challenging them. And he gives his final prayer request for his disciples. It's a prayer request I believe he would have for us as the church today in such a polarized, divisive season. I believe Jesus would speak the same thing over all of us. It says it like this, John chapter 15 Chapter 17, let's start in verse 15. He says, this is it. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Let me just tell you, the evil one is not Biden. It is not Trump. 
We are in a world where our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is a spiritual battle. And that is why, by the way, God has left you in the world that we become the examples and we're able to push back darkness through this spiritual war we're part of, which is bigger than any political battle that we're in. And he says, they are not of the world. Even as I am not of it. Remember, we, we look like Jesus, and Jesus is not of this, so neither are we. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth, as you have sent me into the world. I have sent them into the world. He sent us into the Tampa Bay area for a big cause and a big purpose. And I believe he wants us to win during this season. Verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. By the way, that's... Jesus talking about Radiant Church right there. He's saying one day, 2,000 years ago, there's going to be a group of believers in the Tampa Bay area and now online around the world who are going to be part of the church and they're going to believe in the message that they heard from these disciples and Jesus is praying for us. And look what his prayer is for Radiant Church, that all of them may be Republicans. Is that what he said? Democrats. No, 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 no. That's not what he said. He said all of them may be One, one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them, uh, I, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may also be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that we may be brought to complete unity. Let's say those two words out loud together. Ready? Brought to what? complete unity. This is the prayer of Jesus for us right now. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. It's the prayer that Jesus prayed for us that he wants us to win in this season. So let me give you some challenges for us. As we are in a divisive political world, how are we as Jesus's church supposed to act in this season so that whether your candidate wins or not, so that we as a church win in this thing and be all that God's called us to be. Three things, and I think they'll help you today. Number one is simply this. As part of Jesus's church, we are Christians first and American citizens second. Can I say it again for the people in the back? We are Christians first, but American citizens second. This doesn't mean that I'm not proud to be an American or proud to be part of a political party. That does not mean any of those things are not important. It just means they're not the number one identity that I carry. So I was, uh, Katie and I were driving in the car and there was a news alert, this was a couple months ago, about this leader who is known to be a Christian. He, he's not a politician, so don't try to guess who it is. So he, he, but he's known, he says he's a, he's a Christian, but he did some really derogatory, terrible stuff. So um, when the guy was, you know, interviewed about it, you know, he just basically like, hey, that's, I am who I am. I, you know, we all do stuff. I can do whatever I want. And Katie was sitting in the car. She's like, I cannot believe that guy is giving us, like, it's, 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 you know, it's doing that. Like, it's, it's terrible, the decision, the integrity that that guy lacks. And I said, because I'm an idiot, I said, well, Katie, it's not a big deal. He's not a pastor. 
And so I come to the, from the idea that every time there's someone in the bad news, you know, for Christianity, it's because they're a pastor and they do something stupid. And I say, Katie, it's not a big deal. He's not a pastor. And she responds because she's godlier than I am. She responds with, Aaron, we are Christians first, pastors later. Like, just because you don't have some title of pastor behind your name doesn't mean you're required to live at some level of, no, 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 you carry around a greater title than pastor, a greater title than businessman, a greater title than leader. You are a title of a Christian, someone that bears the name of Jesus Christ. And as somebody that bears the name of Jesus Christ, let us evaluate our actions in this season And let us recognize, even if our politician we want doesn't win, are we winning as followers of Jesus by our actions, in our talk, in our love, in our in our in our desire to care for people? Remember, Jesus says they're not of this world. Hey, hey, I'm giving you a group of people. Even as I'm not of it, they're they're connected with me. Let me remind you. You, you are not tied to some person who might be voted in for four years or eight years or, or around that time. We are connected with the name that's above every name. It's bigger than any kingdom of this world. Let us do a good job representing him in this season. Can I hear a good amen? First Peter 2.9 says, you, you, you radiant church are a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Wow, what a verse right there. That you may get your person into the seat that you want on the BN. That you may get your agenda put across. No, 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 no. What is our primary responsibility? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into the wonderful light. I am worried in this season that we are way more American than we are Christian. In our actions and what we put on Facebook and the way we we fight for our candidate. And I tell you, I get passionate about it also. But because of my position, you don't know that. (laughs) I'm really passionate about it. But I wonder where are the people that will be equally passionate about proclaiming the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. If you campaigned for him like you do for the other two guys, I think we'd see our city change in Jesus' name. Let us remember that we are Christians first. And Americans or Republicans or Democrats, second, it is not our primary identity. And if you will look at your politics through your primary identity, I think you would treat people different. I think you would post different. I, I, would, I would never unfriend somebody as a Christian because they disagreed with something in a secondary or third level of identity in my life. So I was on a trip with some interns years ago to go preach in some state, I can't remember, but we went to a... a uh, a, a uh, what is it called, food court in the mall. So one of the interns, we all go, I said, hey, y'all go get your food, we'll all come back to meet together. So we all went and got food, like normal food, like normal things people buy. 
And this guy went to Long John Silver's. Can I just say a statement? It might be political. That seafood should never go with fast food. Ever. Like that doesn't make sense. Like who eats at these places? Why are they still in business? It does not make sense to me. And so we brought it back and I, I immediately, I judged him hard. Who are you? Who eats that stuff right there? Like, what, what age are you? What, what area of the world are you from right there? But listen, my identity is not that I am better and had better decision-making abilities than this guy in the fast food world. As a Christian, as his pastor, as someone that loves him, I decided, you know what, despite our indifference in this area, <laughs> I will love him in the primary area that I am called to love him. You say that sounds stupid. It is equally dumb the things that we are getting in fights in on, the, on social media right now. Why? It's too divisive. Why? You are a Christian first, proclaiming Jesus first. Here's my question for Radiant Church. Ready? Are you willing to evaluate your politics through the filter of our faith rather than creating a version of your faith that supports your politics. And I think if you would just take a step back and say, whoa, 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 not as a Republican, not as a Democrat, not as a Libertarian, not as someone raised in the South, not as someone who was raised in the North, as, uh, not as someone who is from a, a rich community or from a poor community, not as someone who's from the inner city or from the suburban areas. No, 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 no. As a Christian, how am I supposed to look at this? And let me be very clear with you, as a Christian, when you look at it objectively at both sides, there's going to be things that rub you the wrong way and go, oh, I don't think Jesus is happy about that. And we have to evaluate politics from the lens, I am a follower of Jesus first. And secondly, I am an American citizen. Let us keep our priorities in order. Number two is as part of Jesus's church, our goal is not total agreement, but total love. I think it's important in this season to understand that not everybody at Radiant Church thinks and um, acts and believes like you believe. We, as a church, by God's grace, we never started our church to have a big church or have a small church. Katie and I didn't care about either of those. We cared about having a healthy church. And I just believe healthy things have grown. So now we're at five campuses and reaching thousands of people online and thousands of people in person right now. God's been amazing and grown his church. But what I've realized during the pandemic is I thought everybody at our church just thought like I did. <laughs> and that's not real. It's not true. Like there are so many different thoughts in, there, in our church and different backgrounds. And even just last night putting stuff online, thinking, you know what, as a church that, you know, with us, there's going to be a political party. Oh, everybody's going to want to do this. And the amount of people from both sides that love Jesus Love the church, serving, giving, and they're adamant on their candidate, and they're adamant on the fact of mask or no mask or RBG versus ACB and uh, did I read that right? ABC. There you go. No, <laughs> whatever. You got the idea. <laughs> ACB. That's it. All right. So, 
it's, it's both sides of it. It's, it's both extremes. It's black lives. It's blue lives. It's the both extremes are all in the same church. It's like our goal at starting the church has never been to get everybody in total agreement about every single issue. There's certain things that people are going to disagree with, and you're welcome at our church, and it should be a healthy place we're together. As long as Jesus is the focus and cats are not allowed, we are the church family. Can I hear a good amen? I had to drop it just one time in there, you know? Remember Jesus said it this way, John 17, my prayer is not for just them alone. My prayer is all for, for those who will believe in me through this message, that all of them may be one. It, it's, it's not the agreement. It's the idea that they may be, they can get connected. He said it this way in John 13, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So now he gives us the, the, the way to do it. Hey, the way I loved you, despite the fact that you don't, we're not on the same page, all the, uh, despite all of that, so you must love one another. We need to be this kind of church that walks in this way of love and care for each other because the world is watching. So Radiant Church, can we just say it this way? The church should be a safe place where we can disagree politically, but love unconditionally. It's got to be a safe place. I know they're shouting me down online. Come on, throw some emojis in there, right there in church online. You, we got to be a safe place because if we're not a safe place, then what example does the world have to follow of ours? Like if the church can't be united in love in this season, then how do we expect our nation to be? We must set the tone that we can have people from different backgrounds and different extremes and different ends of the aisle, aisle of this and we can come together in unity and in love despite the fact that we don't agree all the time. So people are waiting to go, well, I'm gonna find out if this church agrees with everything I want. You're looking for the wrong place. Be very careful that you're not always trying to get around people that only agree with you. You'll never grow that way. You'll never be stretched the way that God wants you to be stretched. We're in a place that we are united amongst what matters most, and we will understand that we do not go for total agreement in a political party. We go for total love in the fact that we care and are behind each other. I've got your back. And I want you to know, if you're a Republican here, you should love and care for and pray for your Democratic brothers and sisters at Radiant Church. If you're a Democrat at our church, you should love and care for and pray for the Republican brothers and sisters at your church. You should not unfriend them. You should not talk bad about them. You should not uh, tell them that they're ignorant and they're dumb. No, no, no. We should love each other. Can I make a couple of statements ready? We must not let anything divide us as a church. Yes. Write it down in your notes. No, must not let anything divide us. Nothing. No platform, no agenda. No, no, we are a united church in this, even if we don't agree all the time. And let me just say it again this way. We must not let any one divide us either. And don't let a politician, don't let anybody put their agenda ahead of the agenda of the church of Jesus Christ. As important as this election is, his agenda is more important. We have to be united around this idea. Our goal is not total agreement, it's total love. And thirdly, we'll close out with this and 
worship teams at every location. You can come on up. As part of Jesus' church, our primary goal is not to align with a temporary political party, but instead to align with an eternal and victorious Jesus. Let me say it again, because I know you're writing it down. Because I think there's such an agenda out there of going, I need you to join my side of this political party. But instead, let me let you understand, at Radiant Church, we need to be reminded that our goal is not to be united and aligned with a temporary political party. Instead, with an eternal and victorious Jesus. Let me just remind you, political parties aren't forever. You don't believe me? Any Federalist in the room today? Any Whigs? St. Pete? Heights? No? No, why? Because those political parties came and they left. And as important as our political parties are, your primary goal in life is to not to get everybody to align with your political party. <laughs> it's to align with an eternal and victorious Jesus. I think I told the staff the other day, I was, um, one of the things that I, I remember working at McDonald's, I might have shared this recently, was this guy came through McDonald's and he, uh, I was working at 16 years old and he came through and it's, he was in this Camaro with the top down and he had this giant tattoo of a band that was called Sublime. So you might not know the name, the band Sublime. They, they, like, they were like a cool band in the 90s. Well, this is like 2001, okay? So he's, he, you know, it's giant Sublime. The, the band, you know, quit in 1996. So that's a bummer, right? <laughs> like, like that, that's just not a, it's not a great win for him to like, every time like, oh, Sublime. Y- yeah, they were, <laughs> I really liked them. Years ago, they were awesome stuff. He didn't think that this temporary little excitement (laughs) towards a band might not be with me years into the future. Let me remind us, church, that as important as voting is, as important as this election is, as important as the different platforms is, we'll talk all about that in the next few weeks. The most important thing we have to do is to understand that we are not here to align ourselves with Donald Trump or with Joe Biden or with a political party. Our goal in life is to align ourselves with the eternal and victorious Jesus Christ. John chapter 15 says it this way. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then here's the response of the people who are in me and I am in them. Then the world will know that you have sent us and have loved them even as you have loved me. Let me just give you a commission today as those in here that are Republicans and those in here that are Democrats. Above all of that, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, we therefore are Christ ambassadors as if he were making his appeal through us. We need to go on the campaign this week to make Jesus famous in our workplaces, in our home, in our lives, in our person, in our building, in our friendships, every single area. Because here's why. Listen up, lean into this, lean in. Here's why. 
Because if our goal is just simply to get someone elected, then four and eight years from now, we're gonna have the same issue that we had right now. But if our goal is to make Jesus famous, then the people that meet him are forever changed and are forever transformed. He's the only solution to whatever we're going through. And he's the solution to our country right now. I believe this, write it down in your notes. America can, I mean, a Christianity can survive without America. It can. Christianity, whether America survives or not, will continue to grow. It's done it for 2,000 years. Way before our country was ever established, Christianity is extending and it's extending. It's growing rapidly around the world. But let me say this, America cannot survive without Christianity. And we need to be a church that is here to understand our primary focus is to make Jesus famous in every area of our lives. Can we commit ourselves again at every location? Stand to your feet. Let's commit ourselves to go. Let's get on the campaign trail. Let's say, Jesus, I want to make you famous in my home. I want to make you famous in my marriage. Lord, I want to make you king over every area of my life, over every, every area of my, my business and my workplace and my personality, over every addiction, over every struggle. Lord, make Jesus famous across Tampa Bay in Jesus' name. Go and sing it out. over your life whatever that care is that concern is that worry even about the election just release it to the Lord right now just say God thank you that I'm part of a bigger kingdom than that of this world let me remember that I am a Christian first Lord let me put that as the number one priority of my life Lord to make you famous more than any politician any political party God we're here to build your kingdom help your church win during this season God I speak over Radiant Church. Lord, I pray unity over our church. Lord, I thank you that in a church that is so diverse in age and stage and ethnicity and political beliefs, Lord, let us be one as you are one. Complete unity surrounded by love, God. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to end our services today by giving you an opportunity. Some of you guys are not part of the family of God. You've been living life your own way. And you just maybe heard for the very first time today that whatever you're going through, Jesus is the solution. He's the answer. He's victorious. He conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he conquered your sin. He wants to forgive you today and give you a fresh start. How do we do it? You need to respond in faith to Jesus. I believe he's pulling at your heart right now. He's saying, listen, I want you to be part of my family. I want you to be part of something bigger than yourself. I want you to to have new life, and you can experience that today. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you so that you in turn can live for him. If that's you today, you need to make a simple yet significant decision to give Jesus your life, your past, 
your sin, your future, and just follow him. I promise you it's, it'll be the best decision you ever make in your life. I did it when I was 16 years old. It changed my life. Today's your day to surrender your life to Christ. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to respond in faith by raising your hand, waving it at me, put it right back down and go, Aaron, today's my day of salvation. Today's my day. I've given my life to Jesus. I want that fresh start on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Throw those hands up all over this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, so many people. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bold, big decisions being made at Brandon, right there at the Heights, right there online in St. Pete here in South Tampa. Why don't we all pray this prayer together? Say it like this. Say, dear Jesus, come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. Forgive my sins. Thank you for dying for me. Today I make a decision to live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate those that just made the best decision of their life? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.